Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, a harrowing experience for a Lakeville mom and her son leads to a new bill in Congress that would require hotels and motels to have carbon monoxide detectors in every room, a local take on National Problem Gambling Awareness Month, and Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle with an update on sports at the U of M. But first... What turned into the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic dominated just about everything in the news this week, and MNN's Bill Werner joins us for a look at its expanding waves. Well, Scott, those waves are still rolling. The University of Minnesota said beginning next Wednesday until at least April 1st, all coursework will be delivered online. There will be no classes at any state colleges and universities this next week. Many students getting an extended spring break due to the coronavirus pandemic. The NBA suspended its season this week. Major League Soccer and the NHL followed suit. Major League Baseball suspended its spring training games and delayed the start of this year's regular season at least two weeks. The Big Ten men's basketball tournament, where the U of M Gophers were scheduled to play in Indianapolis, was canceled. MN Sports Director Mike Grimm told us... A statement from the Big Ten Conference says the league's main priority during the pandemic is the health, safety, and wellness of players, coaches, administrators, fans, and media. And for the first time since it began in 1939, the NCAA men's basketball tournament canceled. Gophers coach Richard Pitino... I just think there's so many unknowns with this. Uh, we can't put our student-athletes, our coaches, our administrators, everybody, fans, um, in harm's way uh, just because of something that, yes, a great experience, but not the end of the world um, by any means. The Western Collegiate Hockey Association canceled remaining rounds of its men's postseason affecting Minnesota State Mankato and Bemidji State, who both had separate playoff games scheduled this weekend. The same situation for St. Cloud State and UMD after the National Collegiate Hockey Conference canceled its 2020 tournament. And the Minnesota State High School League limited attendance at its tournament games that began on Friday to team members, media, and to a small number of school-approved fans. Officials urge Minnesotans to temporarily avoid visiting nursing homes and assisted living facilities except in essential circumstances. Jody Boyne with the group Leading Age Minnesota. We believe aggressive steps are needed to protect the health, safety, and wellness of our residents and the dedicated staff who are working tirelessly to ensure they're receiving quality care and support. Boyne said providers will work to ensure that loved ones can communicate with residents by using video chat, calling, texting, or checking in on social media. The most effective thing we can do to keep coronavirus from getting into our buildings is to limit contact. That's the best way to reduce the spread of this virus. Activity rose to a fever pitch at the state capitol as coronavirus cases began popping up in Minnesota. The Senate and House both passed in short order a bill making an additional $21 million available for the state's response. Rochester Representative Tina Liebling said Minnesota must be prepared. None of us know whether this is going to be something that dies out right away or whether it's going to become more serious. Governor Tim Walz signed that bill the next day. We work together, we make a difference for Minnesota. Thank you all for making that happen. 
money's moved and now we can get to work. Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm stressed concern about coronavirus is not overblown. This is such a rapidly evolving situation around the world. We've not seen something spread this quickly. Uh, really, it's unprecedented in modern times. President Trump threw his support behind a paid sick leave or family leave program as part of a stimulus package to offset the economic effects of coronavirus. That sparked similar discussions by Democrats at the Minnesota Capitol. House Speaker Melissa Hortman said one option. Economic assistance to folks who really should stay home but don't have a paycheck if they choose to make that responsible decision to stay home. But Senate Republican Majority Leader Paul Gazelka responded, most employers already provide sick pay and it could be covered under that. We're looking at every issue, but uh, what I don't want to try to link is, is uh, hot button issues to our addressing of coronavirus. The coronavirus pandemic figured prominently in Governor Tim Walz's revised plan on how to use what is now a $1.5 billion state budget surplus. Walls wants the rainy day budget reserve at full strength in case of economic downturn. And he wants a large amount of the surplus, $1.2 billion, left uncommitted. He predicts developing needs because of coronavirus. I don't think it is probably out of the realm that hospitals will be coming to the legislature in the coming days and asking for upwards of $100 million for COVID responses. Because of the rapidly changing situation, the governor is also urging lawmakers to fund emergency needs and what he calls a robust bonding bill and then end the 2020 legislative session early. This is not the time to posture around issues that we're not going to reach consensus around. But Senate Republican Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said, I want tax relief as part of the discussion as we move to the end. Uh, The governor wants uh, a bigger bonding bill than we've ever had by about double, and so the conversations are still ongoing. As lawmakers got ready to go home for the weekend, House Democratic Majority Leader Ryan Winkler said, We all know that we're facing a challenging environment right now as public leaders, uh, a situation that is unprecedented in our recent history. I just wanted to take a moment to let you as members of the House, the press and public know that we are doing everything that we can to ensure that the public, uh, all legislators and staff are safe, that this is a workplace that continues to function well and that our democracy remains and continues to function. And as Archbishop Bernard Hebda this week temporarily relieved Catholics in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis from the obligation to attend Sunday Mass, Mayor Melvin Carter announced the 2020 St. Patrick's Day Parade in St. Paul is canceled. Scott? Thank you, Bill. And of course, we'll have all the latest developments on coronavirus in the days and weeks ahead. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. A new bill from Minnesota Representative Angie Craig would require the installation of carbon monoxide detectors in each hotel and motel room across the country. The bill was prompted by what happened to Lakeville mother Leslie Lineman and her son in late July 2019. Well, I can tell you that it's, it's fright, frightening. It was frightening to me then. It's frightening to me now. Um, my son and I traveled to Michigan for a hockey tryout, um, and we had a hotel reservation for uh, four days. And the first night, um, we woke up with extreme headaches, both of us, and just tried to treat it with over-the-counter medication. Second night, same thing. Um, my son began to experience numbness in his in his feet while he was skating, which was um, frightening to him and to me. Um, but then the third night, uh, in the middle of the night, I woke up with just a screaming headache, and I could hear my son moaning in pain. And I got up intending to take some over-the-counter medication, and I was dizzy. Um, and I started to vomit, and I realized that um, my son needed help, and I was not in any shape to help him, and nor was he in any shape to help me. And I didn't understand what was happening, but we drove to the emergency room. Um, the doctors there gave us blood tests, and one of the things they had the foresight to test for was carbon monoxide poisoning. They determined that we had we had very high levels of carbon monoxide in our blood, at which point they called the authorities and evacuated the hotel, um, and it was confirmed that there were very high levels of carbon monoxide in, in our room, and that had begun spreading through the rest of the hotel. Um, I was horrified to learn that I had my son in a hotel room for three nights being poisoned, and I didn't understand. I couldn't understand why there was no alarm going off in the room to alert me that what was happening was carbon monoxide poisoning. I later learned that the very same hotel had had a carbon monoxide poisoning incident three years prior, and yet there was still no carbon monoxide detector alarming in the room, even though our room was at dangerous levels of carbon monoxide. So I started doing research and I realized that most states do not require carbon monoxide detectors in hotel guest rooms and there was no federal law. I happened to be an attorney, so um, I did that research on my own and realized that not only was my family at risk every time they stayed in a hotel, but everyone else's family was at risk as well. So I approached Representative Craig and I asked her to draft a bill to require hotels to have carbon monoxide detectors um, in each individual guest room so that other people would not be injured the way that that we were. And this question is for Representative Angie Craig. I'm wondering, have you had any pushback at all from hotels and motels uh, about this requirement? Well, we just introduced the bill uh, last week. uh, And the truth is, um, you know, I don't really care if hotels and motels push back for $30, a $30 investment. Um, we can keep our kids safe. And, you know, as a mother of, of four sons myself, when Leslie told me her story, um, you know, I was horrified. And, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, if you can have a cappuccino maker in every hotel room, you can have a carbon monoxide detector in every hotel room. And does this measure have bipartisan support, Representative? We have not started adding co-sponsors uh, to the bill yet. We ju- literally just introduced it uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, I'll be working uh, to add 
co-sponsors across the aisle, and we've already started looking at, you know, a number of members who have constituents who have also been uh, affected by this issue. And, um, you know, it's um, it's just unbelievable that uh, we haven't had any update to existing uh, law dealing with fire safety rules in hotels and motels in nearly three decades. And Leslie, I certainly appreciate you sharing your story with me. I'm curious, has this experience at all changed your behavior when you're staying at hotels and motels? And if so, how? Well, two things. Um, first, I carry a keychain carbon monoxide detector in my purse. Um, so if I go to a hotel that does not have one, I have one and I activate it. Um, I also have found that, that there there are hotel chains, a few of them, not many, who do require them in each individual guest room. So when I need to travel, the first thing I do is I look to see, and sometimes I call and ask, do you have carbon monoxide detectors in your individual guest room? I make that choice. What concerns me is that oftentimes there is no choice, but worse, most families don't know they're unprotected. They go into that hotel room assuming that they have the same protection there that they do in their own home. When when the doctor told me that it was carbon monoxide poisoning, I was horrified. It didn't occur to me even for a second that that was what was making us sick because I assumed that I would have heard an alarm. You know, you have these in your home. You assume that there's an alarm, and most people, I think, do. And worse, some of the sources for carbon monoxide poisoning are things like hotel pool heaters. And I think of all the families who bring their children to the hotels to swim, not knowing that there might be carbon monoxide present, and they don't know. So for me, first of all, I want people to understand that they are currently not protected until the time that we can get this bill passed and have that protection. But this impacts me everywhere I go, and I carry that carbon monoxide detector with me everywhere that I go. From January 2005 to December 2018, 905 guests were poisoned and 115 identified incidents, including 22 fatalities in hotels and motels across the country. Thank you again to my guests, Lakeville resident Leslie Lineman and Minnesota Representative Angie Craig. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. It's National Problem Gambling Awareness Month. MNN's Tasha Radel has more. While most people enjoy gambling in a responsible manner, some develop an addiction to gambling, suffering social, emotional, and financial devastation. Virtually anyone, men or women, young or old, and those from every religion, race, and socioeconomic background is at risk for developing a gambling problem. I always liked watching football games, and a friend of mine said there were, um, you know, they had parley cards at a bar. Some friends of mine at work, you know, knew I was depressed, uh, so offered to take me out, have a few drinks after work. You know, it was something that um, I just learned how to play at a very young age, and, and then I started playing in junior high and high school, and it was just such a part of my life. Uh, when I got my own bookmaker, he was really helpful. He said, you know, Donnie, when uh, football's done with, I got basketball and hockey. We ended up, we lost our home to foreclosure. We lost a motor home. We lost a car. This was all our daughter's senior year of high school. 
I had started the uh, pull tabs. Pretty soon it was no longer a social thing. I'm getting in deep. I was down $800 on a, on a, on a pull tab box and it was closing. Eventually, um, my wife and I, um, we had a crisis with our relationship, okay, due to, to the drinking and, and gambling. And at that point, um, I had to make some decisions whether I was going to stay married and be the type of father and husband I wanted to be, or I had to look at myself honestly and say what was going on with, with, with the drinking and gambling. The goal of Problem Gambling Awareness Month is to help Minnesotans understand that gambling has risks and that while most people can gamble responsibly, a small percentage encounter difficulties such as gambling too often, spending too much, losing their ability to stop gambling, or ending up in a situation where gambling becomes their sole means of entertainment. Joining me today is Susan Sheridan Tucker, Executive Director of North Star Problem Gambling, based in Roseville. Susan, let's talk a little bit about some of the key messages this month. There are several things that um, we hope to get across uh, to the general public. First of all, that problem gambling is an actual addiction. This is not readily accepted in the public's eyes. They still see it as a moral failing and a lack of willpower, which it is not. It has been, designated, it has been diagnosed as a true addiction, just as alcohol and uh, drug use are addictions. And so we want people to be aware that while you may be able to walk away from a slot machine, that 4% of the population is not able to do that and does indeed suffer from an addiction. Um, that um, treatment is available in Minnesota at no cost to anyone whose private insurance will not cover gambling addiction or if they don't have insurance at all. This includes outpatient service as well as residential Service. And there's one residential treatment center in Minnesota. It's called Vanguard Project, and it's located in Granite Falls, Minnesota. In addition to a um, treatment for the gambler, uh, the state fund also includes 12 sessions for family members, whether the gambler decides to go to treatment or not. And if there's someone listening today that is concerned about someone, is there a good first step that they should take? I think the first thing to do is to start a conversation with someone and just say, you know, I've noticed that you might be uh, spending more time doing whatever it is, whatever the activity is, going to the casino, um, you know, uh, betting on the horses, whatever it is. But... Um, you know, um, having having that conversation and asking, you know, don't be accusatory because that will immediately shut someone down. You want to come from a place of concern and that um, if they're open to it, that you suggest that they have a conversation with a counselor. And um, as I said, treatment is at no cost and they can call the 1-800 number, which is 
1-800-273-4673 and receive a referral to a uh, problem gambler uh, counselor. Lots of good information. Well, those are some of the general questions that I had today, Susan. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I'd like to say that um, we are in the midst of the largest and fastest, fastest expansion of gambling this country has ever seen with the um, legalization of sports gambling. Now, Minnesota is considering uh, a bill right now, and North Star takes no, um, we're neutral on the legalization of gambling, but we absolutely support that money must be set aside in any gambling expansion bill for treatment and prevention. And particularly with sports betting, we know we, we know that young men are particularly vulnerable. Um, they do not understand the risks that are involved. And part of it is because their brains haven't fully developed. And um, we, you know, are emphatic about this and want, we're working with the gaming industry um, to um, uh, create responsible gambling tools so that any consumer who chooses to gamble, and as I said, most people do not have an issue, but for those 4% that do, we want to make sure that they understand the risks involved, that um, there are tools available to, to help them, not just treatment, but tools within um, a gaming operation. And so we are uh, advocating to the gaming industry that they adopt these responsible gambling tools as well. Thanks again to my guest, Susan Sheridan Tucker, Executive Director of North Star Problem Gambling based in Roseville. For more information, you can head to their website at northstarproblemgambling.org or by calling 1-800-333-HOPE. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C. Take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D. Help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle was recently given a two-year contract extension, locking him into the U of M Athletic Department through at least 2026. MN Sports Director Mike Grimm sat down this week with Coyle to get an overall update on the Gopher Athletic Department. 
Well, I felt like last time we talked, Mike, it was right before the Outback Bowl. And obviously, uh, getting that win over Auburn, not many people thought we were going to beat Auburn, but getting that big win over Auburn kind of propelled us into the 2020 season with our winter and spring programs. And again, just so grateful for the hard work of all of our programs. If you look across the board, you know, men's hockey had a good year in Coach Moscow. I think people realize or don't realize all the time that he's in his second year here, second youngest team in the country. He's building that program the right way and doing very well there. Brad Foss is doing, uh, continues to do amazing things, swimming and diving programs, uh, the gymnastics programs, both ranks. So again, just very pleased with what our programs are doing. And now you start talking about softball and baseball and what they're doing. You know, our softball team uh, is finishing a trip out in Hawaii right now, a spring break trip. Uh, baseball's had a lot of games at U.S. Bank Stadium, which is great to see them back in town. They're going out on the road again. So uh, exciting time in Gopher Athletics. Yeah, no question about it. And I think back time has flown already. You got here in 2016, and um, here we are already in 2020. And things, when you took over, it wasn't exactly the, uh, the calmest of times but it looks like things have stabilized you now are under a new contract as well and uh, obviously uh, the school's committed to you and you've committed to the school to continue to uh, to push this thing forward uh, your listeners need to note that, as you said, things have stabilized. I was knocking on wood. Uh, you know, uh, as you know, Mike, you know, you're one of the first people I met when I came back and I had a chance to sit down with you, and, and we feel really humbled to be here at Minnesota and just really grateful uh, for President Gable giving me the contract extension with the Board of Regents. Um, I understand that's a reflection of what we've done, but the key thing is we've got really good people here. You're around our program day in and day out. Uh, if you look at our head coaches, our student athletes, our staff, we have wonderful people, and I think that's why you see Gulf Athletics trajecting in the right area. We're going uh, in positive direction because we have really good people and just really humbled to be here and be a part of this great program and in recent weeks you're not the only one to get a contract extension you and your head women's basketball coach Lindsay Whalen agreed to an extension and uh, obviously she has captured the imagination I know she's got a great recruiting class coming up she's got uh, a transfer student they're excited about that had to sit out this year and the future's bright there it's very bright you know as you as you noted we gave her a contract extension uh, about a month ago and we felt that was important you know I want Lindsay to know that she's our head coach I've made it very clear to her that as long as I'm here, she's our head basketball coach. We have great faith in her and what she's doing and how she's building that program. Uh, I was down at the Big Ten Tournament with them in Indianapolis uh, this past week and had a great time with them and spending time with that program. I traveled with them throughout the year. And again, just really grateful for the hard work she's uh, instilled in our program. And, and you've heard me say this before, Mike, I am not sure there's a more competitive person on this planet than Lindsey Whalen. And I tell people, I promise you, she'll figure out and go for basketball and she'll make us a national power uh, in due time. Let's talk. You mentioned the win over Auburn, the Outback Bowl spring practice, a spring break this week, so no practice this past week, but they'll get the pads back on this coming week, and um, there is some excitement. Give us an update on just, one, how excited you are to see the football team back on the practice field, and two, how are season ticket sales, how's excitement, how is all of that uh, since the Outback Bowl? Well, first off, you know, a huge shout-out to all of our fans. Our season ticket sales are going phenomenal. Uh, we've sold already sold more season tickets than we did a year ago, which is great for, uh, for our student-athletes in our program. We're just so grateful for our fans. And, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about all the Gopher fans that came down for the Outback Bowl. There's no doubt that was a home game for us, the number of fans we had there. And I remember uh, before the game I was telling uh, uh, some of our student-athletes uh, the night before we were down at Ybor City with all those events, and the night before the game I was telling our student-athletes they're going to be shocked at how many Gopher fans are there. And after the game, almost every one of them to a tee came up to me and said, uh, you know, my gosh, the fan base and how great it was. So just so grateful for that. And it's great to see the, the young men back at practice competing. Just so grateful for the work that Coach Fleck has done. Uh, he's had some changes to his staff. Mike Sanford uh, brought in as our offensive coordinator. Mike and I work together at Boise State, so I know Mike really well. He's going to fit in great with PJ and that program. And so, again, a lot of options around our football programs. We start spring ball. Very good. Mark Coyle, thanks for the update. Thanks so much. Go Gophers. That's Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle with m and Sports Director Mark 
Mike Grimm. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.